Men, thanks for listening to our 920 Man Challenge podcast. These are Bible teachings that are meant to be discussed alongside other men in community at our Blankenbaker Man Challenge gathering, where we prioritize developing a competent and confident understanding of who Jesus is and authentic and intentional male relationships. We hope this teaching of God's Word grows your relationship with the Lord, and we urge you to unpack it in your relationship with others. Enjoy! Hey, good morning, fellas. Welcome to Man Challenge. You're back. How you guys doing? My name's Ronnie Cordray. I'm with our men's staff here. And if you're new here, we'd like to just say, man, you're in good company. Uh, There's no perfect dudes allowed. Uh, We focus on progress, not perfection. Uh, What's said in this room stays in this room, not and your TikTok, Insta, all that stuff. That's how you get punched in the beak. So don't do that. Uh, if you're new, I want to just tell you why we meet here at a crazy early hour in the morning on a Thursday. It's because the Great Commission is another way of saying these were Jesus' main words before he left this place. And he said, hey, listen, he goes, all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. And he said, here's what I'm dropping the mic with. He said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and try to be better men, try to get, no, he said go and make disciples and teaching them to obey all these things that I've instructed. And so here at Man Challenge, we are not just trying to become better um, men, better husbands if you're married, better dads if you're a dad. Those things are good things, but those fall short of what Jesus calls us to. He says go and make disciples. So we are using Man Challenge. This is simply a tool, it's a powerful tool if you lean in with it and let it work its process. But we're trying to use this as a tool to create a disciple-making culture. Not just for the dude, uh, the dude's names on on the table tent, all of you guys. If you have a pulse, we're talking to you. Um, And so we have a couple values here that we're charging after in the spirit of creating a disciple-making culture. Um, One of them is to develop a next step of faith. You know, when we're pursuing Jesus as Lord, it's a lifelong pursuit. And one of the things that comes with that is he's always calling us to a next step of faith. Not so that he'll be proud with us. Not so that, you know, we get a ribbon. No, that's what he calls us to. uh, Because he says that's how you experience this life to the full here on earth. And so we're charging after that. Another one is competence of and confidence in who Jesus is. I don't have to know your story to know this. Uh, If you're anything like me, if you feel dumb talking about a specific subject or person, you just Heisman that and stay clear of the conversation, right? But if you feel competent talking about something, man, you love talking about it. And so we want you to get competent of who Jesus says he is. And so that's why every week we put a teacher up here that we're, we're focusing on gospel-centric conversations because we want you to, to get competent. Uh, the Psalm 78, 72, the skillful hands, not the Talladega Nights. I don't know what to do with my hands, all right? So that can be developed, and so we focus on that. We also focus on developing intentional authentic male relationships that's why we sit in circles not rows that's why uh, each 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 of your all's groups have one or two table leaders to help guide through that Um, because we're all educated beyond our own level of obedience we need to get vulnerable Uh, we all need encouragement and accountability to grow that's that's true of every one of us to make progress and then lastly uh, to 
to develop a heart to invest in others. That includes serving, but it's not, it's not limited to that. When I look at Jesus' life, you know, over and over again, basically his, his ministry was, was full of interruptions, and it says over and over again, it said he had compassion on the crowd or on the person. And so that's, that's pretty much synonymous in, developing, synonymous in developing a heart to invest in others. And so we're thrilled you're here. Um, today we have a special guest, uh, Matt Reagan, we'll bring out here in just a few moments. But before that, at the beginning, you did see it talked about March Madness. Um, if you want to go ahead and fill your bracket out, uh, that'd be weird because they're not out yet, right? Um, Sunday night, we are going to be sending out to all of you guys on our Man Challenge list a link uh, for our March Madness bracket. And if you're like, I don't ever get those, um, tell your table leader um, or email bbmen at uh, seccc.org because that's where we're drawing this pool from. We've got some fabulous prizes. We've got a first place $100 gift card um, to Lululemon or somewhere like that. Um, No, Buffalo Wild Wings, I think or Amazon or something, I'll just stop talking. We got a second place gift card for 50 bucks. Uh, we, we still love you, just not as much as the winner. And then we have a special prize for last place. Um, I would encourage you not to try to come in last place though. So that's just a spoiler, but we're gonna have fun with it. Um, it's not just a, a man challenge thing. Uh, it's, it's all a men's ministry. So we're gonna have fun with that and see what, uh, see what happens. Um, at this time, I'm going to bring out Matt Reagan. Let's welcome him to the, mm. to the house. Okay, okay. So Matt and I serve on staff together here. Matt, tell us a little bit about what is, what's your title here currently? Uh, everybody cares. Uh, associate pastor. Associate pastor. How yeah. do you abbreviate that? <laughs> right, well, next question. Married to Even, the Lulu joke was funny too. You're on a roll, man. I like it. <laughs> You're I the like only it. person that agrees yeah. with that. That's not true. Um, That's not true. Been married to Sarah. How many years? Uh, Twenty, almost twenty-four. Twenty, almost twenty-four. 24. And yeah. you all met wow. where? We met at a football game, uh, and I was like, "Hey," and um, and then I was like, "Ah, I dated her cousin for three years. This is gonna be a problem." But here we are, five kids later. We're fine. Did you meet her in Kentucky? I didn't. Okay. But that's funny. Then that's yeah. weird. That's not, yeah. Um, yeah. How many kids you have? Five. Five and Five ages? Uh, 19, 16, 14, 12, and six. You are in it. Yeah, it's And good, your man. six is a girl. Boy. 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 Kidding. Yeah. 12 is. 12. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Four boys, um, one girl. Love it. It's the best. All right. So I'm, we're going to do a man challenge minute. Okay. Peppering you with questions. Don't think about it. Just whatever <clears throat> comes to your mind. Okay. Um, this is not being recorded. So. Okay. It's not true. Um, Favorite movie? Gladiator. Favorite book? Non-Bible book. Not a Bible. Not defined Bible book. About the Bible? Favorite restaurant? You blew it. Okay. Um, Uh, Favorite restaurant is, um, I don't know, man. Maggiano's, Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, nice, nice. Yeah, thanks. All right. Um, Two more things. Okay. One is... this is called Man Challenge. Yeah. If you could give a charge, mm. uh, not a legalistic charge, but something like yeah. that's culture changing, yeah. a man challenge, and you knew that every one of us yeah. would, it'd be a non-negotiable that's like, yeah. hey, we're, we're doing it. 
Yeah, the answer is yes. Now, what's the man challenge? What would what would you throw out there? <laughs> you know, I used to pray a lot of things over my over my kids when they were younger, and I'd, it'd always be like, you know, God do this and God do this and God do this. And I used to do that with people too. I, I'm kind of past that, you know. Like the the number one thing, I, not like I don't pray for those things, but for my kids, I just pray that they'll be God's friend, because if you will, you'll figure stuff out. So part of that as a man is um, men don't know how to be friends with people. They're pretty bad at it. And because if, if it's not sports or if it's not some other thing, they don't know how to always have a real conversation. But, yeah. but I think like men have, I, I, my thing is like, come on, man. Like, fellas, you know you're made for more. Stop settling with less and lean in to not only be God's friend, but like be the real deal. Like, you know who you need to be for the most part. Be that guy. Mm, yeah, that's good. And get around some other people that will. So Good. So uh, our fourth value is to develop a heart to invest in others. And yeah. the first one's uh, take the next step of faith. You're very involved and engaged with Go Ministries. We just had a group of 12 dudes uh, get yeah, back with our them. second team uh, from, yeah. from the Dominican Republic, Go Ministries. Yeah. We've got another trip, October 22nd, yeah. uh, that's on the books, a men's yeah. trip. What would, you, what would you say is to these guys as to why you would encourage them to, to, go on, to go on that trip? Yeah, I think, you know, all of us need to get out of our world. I feel like when you get out of your world and you get out of your context, you can recognize the kingdom's big and you have more capacity in you than you know. Mm. And I think when you get on a trip like that, I mean, you know, uh, you know my guys back there. When, when you get out and you get around some guys and you get in a context and you, you get to see the world and what God's doing around the world, all of a sudden everything that you're tackling gets, I don't want to say it gets smaller, but it kind of gets smaller. Like all, your, your context grows, your focus leans, and you're just like, man, what am I doing, man? Like I just, you know, and I just watch that. Um, I do that myself all the time. Every time I go, I come back and the things that I thought were big aren't really big. Um, God's big and he's got this man and I got to stop stressing about this and I just need to I just need to stay in my lane and go after it and so to see the kingdom to see poverty for what it is to see um, it just changes your context yeah. it's, it's so powerful that's good if you haven't been you need to go yep Hunter Sin and I are going to be co-leading that trip in October so stay tuned on that let me pray we'll turn it over yeah please uh, God thank you for being for us meeting in your name this morning hmm. uh, we thank you for the gift of um of a church whose um, senior leadership believes in investing in the heart of men like this. And mm. so I pray that we would, um, we would lean in mm. and that we would allow you to do and to use this environment exactly the way that you want to use it yeah. um, to capture our hearts, um, to, to equip us to be, become disciple makers um, for your kingdom and your purposes. Mm. And uh, Lord, use my friend Matt mm. to tee up your truth today and pray over our man challenge table leaders as they're unpacking these conversations. Give them a spirit of wisdom and discernment. Mm. We thank you in advance um, for your favor over this. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Matt Reagan. Amen. 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 Thanks, man. Well, fellas, let's do this. Um, you, just woke, you just walked in, and I'm going to be rolling. So let's do this. Everybody up on your feet. Why don't you say hi, hello to a couple guys around you. Give some man hugs out. Dish them out if you're not a hugger. Come on, man. Like, get over it. Just figure it out. Pat it out. We'll get rolling.
What's up, brother? Man. We'll do this. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 5 if you got them or Bible app, whatever you got, we'll roll. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of dive in. One of the things they asked me to, they, you know, uh, I'm starting to be the guy that they asked to come and talk about complicated things. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to talk about something a little complicated today, but it's going to be real. So I'm going to be real. And I'm just gonna, I just want you to know, um, there's, no, there's no fake in the room this morning. It's one of my favorite things about Jesus. There's no part of Jesus that likes fake. He hates fake. He's the opposite of fake. He's real. And so we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm, I want to be real, but I want to be helpful today. So I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to give, um, especially, uh, I think especially some of you that have really struggled with, and this is the thing we're going to tackle today, that have really struggled with lust longer than you ever thought you would. In, 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 in ways that you never thought you would, um, we're going to talk about that, man. And I just, I just want to um, unpack that. Uh, today we're talking about the power of discipline over adultery. Um, and that word adultery, it's going to be in this passage. I'm going to, let me, let me frame it up a little bit. Um, adultery, Matthew 5, when Jesus talks about this, he says, listen, to put us all in the same boat. Real fast, how many single guys in the room right now? Single guys, where you at? That's okay. Hey, no worries, I got you too. Okay, we got it. Um, we're all in the same boat. So uh, everything I say to you is for both camps. How many married guys in the room? Okay. How many happily married guys? I'm just kidding. Um, everybody, right? Yeah. So uh, let's do this. Um, I, I, I really want to, to lean into this. I want to tackle this. I want to be real. I want to maybe give you some perspective maybe that you didn't have before. And if you'll take notes today, I don't know if you're a note taker or not, but I'm just saying, I don't normally say this. This is really something that you can break out later, uh, and it'll be really helpful. I really believe that. I've tried to do that as much as I possibly can. So um, why, why are we talking about this, um, and what, is, is it a big deal? So, um, you know, uh, where, where are you, Ronnie? Ronnie sent me this study. A new, new study just came out. I thought this was great. Um, it said, a, it, you know, a double-blind double study conducted by angel scientists have confirmed that 100% of men would eat any fruit given to them by a naked woman. There it is. The study seems to suggest that the fall of Adam and Eve was unavoidable. If, you've, if you ever uh, read Babylon B, it was, it was pretty legit. Why, um, I just want to say this real fast. Um, there's not, for the most part, I, I know, some of you have some scars and some wounds. Um, for the most part, there's not a dude in the room that doesn't understand lust. There's not a single one of you that from the time that you were little, you didn't have this compelling thing inside of you that pulled you in ways that, <clears throat> first of all, were exciting, first of all, were this, but then at some point, shame entered the game. At some point, you started making decisions you didn't want to make. At some point, this thing went off the rails, and you were like, man, I wish I was, and you all of a sudden, you find yourself to be not the person you want to be, and then you get married, or then you find a girlfriend, or then you, you have all these steps, and maybe you start you know, like a relationship with God, and things are going great, and you co finally confess. I, there's lots of different guys in the rooms. I know you have different stories, but it's some point you're like man I've tried I've tried I've tried I've tried why can't I kill this beast man like why can't I why, why can't I take this thing down and so one of, one of the things I want to do is I want us to go into Proverbs 5 here's why 
Proverbs 5, and this is, this is my take on this, I think Solomon, Solomon is, um, if you don't know the kings, Solomon is David's son. Solomon wrote Proverbs for the most part, and uh, most of the time he's going to be talking about just giving, he just wants to give people wisdom. God blessed him with wisdom. Um, but here's the thing, in Proverbs, um, he's going to talk about wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. I think you guys are going to walk through some of the wisdom uh, passages as we go. But as he's talking about wisdom, Solomon's the one speaking. Um, one of the things that's interesting is for the first five, six chapters, he keeps saying this word, my son, my son, my son, my son. And he speaks, his wisdom comes from a place that's deep and that's complicated. And, and if I'm being honest, um, I think that what we're about to read, Proverbs chapter 5, is the advice that his father gave him from the time he was little because I think his dad understood brokenness, sexual brokenness, better than just about anybody. And I think, and I, y'all, I could be wrong, but I think Solomon, some of his wisdom, at least in here, is, is he's going to talk about, he's going to kind of personify um, a couple things. So personify, what do I mean? He's going to talk about wisdom. If you read the first five, four chapters of Proverbs, he's going to talk about wisdom like it's a woman. Why? Because when you talk about a woman in front of men, they go, what? He says, listen, wisdom calls aloud from the streets. Wisdom like climbs up and says, come on, man, you got to stop going down empty trails to get to empty places you know that there's more than this wisdom screams aloud from the streets and says come on you know better than this why do you continue to go to places and do things and be a part of stuff that you know is lifeless man and so he personifies wisdom as a woman but then he's gonna in, in proverbs chapter 5 he's gonna and don't miss this he's gonna talking about an adulterous woman and that doesn't mean that guys in the room aren't struggling with whether or whether or not or some men in the room might even be in an adulterous relationship right now um it might be you know i know it sounds crazy but there might be some guys in the room that are really struggling with prostitution with but 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 some of you are like well that's over here hear me Proverbs is going to take a woman and he's going to personify lust and he's going to call lust an adulterous woman. Now while, not, now while not every single one of you is struggling with adultery, every single one of you, for the most part, I'm assuming, really struggles with lust. And so he's going to, again, it's a personification. This woman is kind of taking on the attributes of what happens when lust enters the room for you. This is what he's going to say. And again, I think this is coming from David. I'll unpack why. It says this, says, uh, verse one, I'll read it. It's, it's not super long. Here we go. It says, my son, pay attention to my, my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. So he says, listen, man, what I'm telling you, you can't forget. That's part of the reason I want you to take notes today. He says, uh, for the lips of the adulterous woman, again, it's a personification of lust. Okay, does that make sense? He says, for the lips of the adulterous woman, they drip honey. And her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, man, she's bitter as gall, double, uh, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet, here's where they're going to lead you. They're going to take you down to death. Her steps lead you straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she doesn't even know it. And he just says, now, now then listen, my sons, listen to me. 
Do not turn aside from what I'm saying. This is the very first thing that he's going to talk about. He's going to talk about wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. And the first advice he's going to give to you about wisdom is for men trying to help you understand lust and what it's doing to you. So he says, now then, uh, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Verse 8. Keep to a path far from her. Listen, man, don't go near the door of her house. Lest you lose, hear this, lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and your body are spent. You'll say, man, how I hated discipline. How my heart spurned correction. I, I, I just couldn't obey my teachers or turn my ear to my, to my instructors, people, wise people in my life, wise counsel. And I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. He says, drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares, let them be yours alone. Never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed. And may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? For your ways are in full view of the Lord. He sees it all. He examines all of your paths and the evil deeds of the wicked. The problem is they ensnare them and the cords of their sins hold them fast. For a lack of discipline, they will die led astray by their own great folly. So you read that. It's a, it's a great one to dive into. I'm going to break it down. And I just, I just want to, uh, why, why, a couple things. Why do I think this is David? I think David, uh, let, me, let me tie you to, I don't know how much all of you know about his story. David had a complicated story. David, from the time he was young, he was anointed, God was doing something in his chest. But then he spent a lot of the, his time on the road. He spent a lot of time, he did get married. Um, his first marriage, you need to know this, his first marriage was to a woman that he kind of got conned into. And I know that doesn't seem like it was, it was the king's wife and he did this thing and he's like, well, I don't really want, I guess I have to, I kind of have to. And I know that sounds crazy, like, well, that's never happened with the king. But some of you in the room, some of the challenges you're going to have, we're going to be real with our challenges today. Some of the challenges you have in your, in your, in your relationship with, with your spouse right now is you're not sure that when you decided on spouses, you were really, you were really in your A-game moment at that time. So now you're kind of there. You're not sure exactly what to do, but it's not exactly what you would have chosen. You didn't really start the way you thought you should. And so here's the deal, man. It's, it's like, if we're being real, he's like, listen, okay, David knew what it was like to get a wife, and the wife, they just, literally from the beginning, all of the verses that ever talk about their wife, it's about their relationship, it's always contention. She didn't really like him, he didn't really like her, but there they were. And then on top of that, he gets chased. He was on the road a ton. How many of you travel fairly regularly from your jobs? He's on the road. He was one of those guys that was, was always on the run. He knew what it was like to be a warrior. He knew what it was like, uh, if, you got, if you know the story of Bathsheba, um, he knew what it was like to mess up. He knew it was like he had a group of guys. Um, we'll, talk, we'll unpack this a little bit. Um, but sometimes he would find himself in the wrong spot, in the wrong time, in the wrong place. We'll talk about that. And he ended up, David knew what it was like to have a family and then a, then a decision that he should have made to literally um, not only sleep with another man's wife, but then because he tried to hide it, he ends up doing something he never thought he would do. He ends up having the guy murdered 
that he, and you're just like, but dude, you're not a murderer. But it's this thing. I just want to say this. Lust will take you. Let me just say this to single and married guys. Lust will take you places. Brother, you didn't plan on going there. But there you are, man. You're not sure how you got there. And then David knew the weight of consequences that come after that. So you're like, well, I didn't really want to marry her. Well, I didn't really, well, I did. It was kind of a mistake. It was kind of a one-time thing. But then after that, you're going to find out that one of his kids is going to get, is going to die. One of his kids is going to revolt against him and try to murder him. Uh, he, he's going to, he's literally going to kill one of his best friends. He's one of the, David's mighty men. He kills one of, has, has one of his best friends murdered. And then it's all the shame and all the guilt and all the, you know, trying to tell people about who God is and trying to lead him, but they all know that you've got this thing in his background. David understood consequences better than anybody. And I just want to say, I just, I want you to know who's writing this. And I also want you to know this dude right up here. And let's just be real. This guy up here was raised in an inner city project. Um, At six years old, my brothers had me smoking weed. I don't remember, literally, I don't remember a time in my life where there wasn't pornography on the screen. I can't think back far enough where I don't remember my brothers watching pornography. Magazines, I knew where they were hidden. Um, in our neighborhood, true story, I'm not, this isn't like, I'm just trying to be real because, fellas, you got stuff. And I'm just saying, I remember we had a, a guy two houses down that was the neighborhood pedophile. And he used to get, try to get all the, the kids, like you could go there, because where we lived, there wasn't food. So his refrigerator was always stocked. He always had great stuff. He would do alcohol nights with people, and he'd try to get people drunk so that he could molest them in the back room. That never happened to me because my, my brothers were like new, but they knew how to work the system. I'm, I remember from a young age watching that, watching my brothers sleep with, I, you know, they're not here and they're not going to hear this, sleeping with everything that moved. And I'm just telling you, why am I saying that? Because... I don't want you, I don't want to stand up here as a shiny preacher and you think that I don't know what it's like to get trapped by lust, to feel overwhelmed by lust, to be in my, my teen years, to be a young married guy trying to figure it out. And I'm still like, I just can't figure it out. And, and then getting old and just and going, okay, God, you've got you've to help me with this, man. I have struggled over the course of my life in deeper ways than I ever want to admit in front of a room full of men. And I want to tell you today, um, this wisdom that I'm about to share you, it's not just good for you, it's good for me. So let's just dig into it because I don't have a ton of time and I want to be practical. And so I just want to start with this and um, it's going to be straight out of uh, Proverbs 5. So let me just do this. Number one is just, I'm just going to say, fellas, if we're going to get past this and I want to help you get past it, you're not going to get it past it totally. Okay, can I just be real about that? I just had a young couple sitting at our table last night. My wife and I had a young couple over and we were talking to them about marriage. Um, I'm just gonna be honest. <clears throat> older guys in the room, you know that you're not gonna get totally out of it. But I also would say this, but older guys, you still have a lot to learn, right? And so here's the thing, you may not get totally out of it, but I wanna help you really move significantly past where you are and to not just operate differently, but walk in grace differently. So let's do this. Number one, I want to do this. Um, uh, uh, guard your path. We're going to talk about your path. Guard your path. Just write that down. Um, he's going to say this in Proverbs 5, uh, verse 8. He's going to say, keep a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. 
Here's the principle, right? So lust comes knocking, and man, she is, she's, lust is, she's a smoking hot woman. And she is so, like everything she says, everything she does, you're just like, oh my gosh. Um, it's, it's Vegas, it's, it's the hot coworker, it's, uh, it's whatever it is, like somebody that's been hitting on you, somebody that you long for, somebody that you're watching on social media. I'm just saying, I don't know who she is, but I know who she is. She's just saying, hey, listen, listen, listen. And you're like, you're like, hey, you know, I'm just flipping. I'm just browsing. I'm just talking. I'm just hanging. I'm just going. But he's just saying, listen, I, I, I want you to know that you are going to have to really pay attention to the path that you're taking in your everyday life. If you're, every, if you're ever really going to be free, you got to start guarding your path. And so here's, I, I, want, I want to take you into the life of David, uh, 2 Samuel, if you've got that in your Bibles. If not, it's okay, I'm going to read to you. It'll be up on the screen. David um, knew a lot about this. So David, uh, I think you know 2 Samuel 11, verse 1. Let me just walk you through how he ended up um, giving in and, and sleeping with another man's wife. Here's how it started. It started with uh, 2 Samuel 11, verse 1. It says, in the springtime, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole uh, Israelite army, but uh, David remained in Israel. So I'm just going to do this. Um, guard your path. First, first off, I just want you to pay attention to something in your path, and I'm just right down on your street. Wrong crowd. Wrong crowd. So there's a group of people. He says, in the spring when the kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men. So listen, he, so he sends out his accountability group, and now he's left at home with the ladies. He's not dumb. He knows. He has to know. Here I am, and guess who's the only man in town in a city where my cat, where my cat, if anybody, if you, I'd love to take you to Israel. Like sitting up on, you can stand on the top of his palace, and everybody's homes are down here, and the king is the one that has the best eye view of every single rooftop where all the women bathed. So, yeah, you guys go off to war. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I just need, I, I, well, I need, a, you know, somebody's got to stick around. So, first of all, he just says, wrong, I'm just going to say, wrong crowd. Let me just ask you, um, who's the wrong crowd for you? I just, I want to be real honest. Who are the people that you regularly find yourself with um, when things go south? Who's that crowd? Some of you are like, nobody's around. That's part of it. Some of you, the, the times right now that you're going to in stress, it's always when you're alone. I want you to pay attention to who you're with. Are you alone or are you with a group of people when you start to really battle with lust? I just want you to pay attention to the wrong crowd. Second of all, uh, wrong time. For, uh, 2 Samuel 11.2 says this. says, um, one evening David got up from his bed. Just uh, says that. So the, David got up. From his bed. Doesn't seem that important, except for David got up from his bed at just the exact time when the women were bathing on the roof. Does anybody find a correlation to that? It's the wrong time. And I'm just going to say this really simple. Fellas, you know some of the times that you struggle regularly. And I'm just going to be real. The amount of men, maybe not you, the amount of men that late night are struggling with a porn addiction is so high right now, fellas. Because you're alone, because your wife already went to bed, the little ones are down, you're by yourself. If you're single, 
You're in your, in your room, nobody else is around, door is shut, and you've literally got hours, and you're spending so much time in a place that's draining your soul, man. And here's what I would say. Pay attention to the time. How many of you are struggling in the morning? You're not. How many of you are, uh, you know, some of it's time. When I go to this party, when I show up to that person's house, it, there's a time in your mind. I just want you to pay attention. There is a regular time that the enemy knows about you, that you are at your weakest place. I want you to pay attention to it. Wrong time, uh, wrong crowd, wrong time, wrong place. Says this, says, uh, and, uh, continuing that verse, uh, verse two, it says, and walked around the roof of the palace from the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. So wrong place. So wrong crowd, wrong time, wrong place. Uh, wrong place is where is the place that you find yourself regularly struggling with lust? Is it in your bedroom? If you have your phone in your bedroom, and, and I used to only say this to, to guys in their 20s, that's not real anymore. Um, I know more guys in their 60s and 70s struggling with porn than I've ever known in my life. Um, where, where's the wrong place? Well, it's not just porn. Where's the other place? Is it at a friend's house? Is it when you go on a business trip? Is it what's the place that you regularly find yourself in where you know that you're regularly struggling? I just want you to make note of that because here's what I know, and I just I want you to see this formula. The wrong crowd plus the wrong time plus the wrong place, you know where you're going to get, right? You end up with a wrong decision. Does that surprise anybody? then why do we keep going there? We keep showing up with, with, with the wrong crowd and the wrong time and the wrong place thinking that we're just, well, I'm just gonna be stronger this time. Well, you know, hey, will you pray for me? Because I'm just gonna, I'm just being honest, man. Like, like if you wanna change the trajectory of what's sapping your soul has potential to wreck your marriage and is, is not the thing that you want your kids growing up knowing about you as a man, because at some point that stuff you know, uh, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And some of these things, this, you're always going to pay this bill later on. God's grace is free. The consequences can be high. And so I'm just saying, wrong crowd, wrong time, wrong place. And some people are like, but man, those are my friends. And, and man, yeah, it's just my people. You don't even understand. I just want to say this, and I just, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to move on. If you've got a group of guys in your life, and they can't, they can't somehow be your friends in the right time in the right place, let me just be honest, they're not your friends. Did you hear me? If you got a group of guys that the only time you can hang out is when you're at the wrong time in the wrong place, hear me, they are not your friends. They are not the men that you're gonna introduce to your boys one day and say, hey, please go out with this guy because this guy's gonna help shape your destiny. And you need that. I need that. And some of you, I'm, I'm just, hear me, you have bum friends because you've never challenged this equation and because you continue to hang out with this crowd, you continue to have men in your life that will never help you get where you know God's called you to be. And it's not just about you. It's about every part of you. God's calling you to something. Great men. But this formula will lead you here Every single time. Second Samuel 11.4 says, Then David sent messenger to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. By the way, that always happens. Tell me a time when it doesn't. Get you with the wrong crowd. Who's the wrong crowd? Some of you just being alone. 
If I get you alone in your room at, at midnight, you tell me what's gonna happen. I get you out with a group of guys late night after work with no responsibilities. You tell me what's gonna happen. I think you're great. I don't even know you. I, I promise I know where you're headed. And again, it's like walking past an, an adulterous woman's house. You might get past three times. You might go out three times and you go, oh man, I was great. I, didn't, I mean, dabs up, you know, I just need to be careful. You walk through, you may pass by there five times and not go in, but I guarantee you at some point, you're, you're walking through the door. So, do the, so first thing off, I just want to say guard your path. Second thing uh, is this, and um, I'm just going to put this up, if that's all right. It's just do the work, okay? Do the work. <laughs> so follow me on this one. Uh, I, I think this is super powerful if you get it. I'm trying to be practical today. I hope you're probably not used to me doing that. So uh, do the work. I just want to say this says, um, Proverbs 5, uh, 15 says, drink water from your own cistern. Um, running water from your own well, surround your springs, overflow, uh, should your springs overflow the streets, your streams of water to the public squares. And so I just want to say this real fast, uh, fellas, do you know what a cistern is? I insulted your intelligence, I apologize, you're probably smarter than me. <clears throat> a cistern and a spring are two different things, right? A spring is something you go find, um, and, I, and I would just say this, it's like grace. Like when I found Jesus, it was like, it's, he really is. He's a spring and there's just nothing like you, man. And, I, and when I found that, like it, it, it wrecked my life. It saved my soul. There's nothing like him. And I had to figure out how to go back to my everyday life and try to continue to be satisfied. But as a man, that's really hard to do. Why is that? Because you keep having to go back to this place where you found it. And you got to figure out how do I take the thing that I found and get it to the place that I am. And one of the things that they had was this thing called a cistern. So if I had a family and we lived up on a hill and the spring was down the valley, if I'm going to get worn out going back and forth just trying to get water every single time I'm thirsty, I will eventually live like a, just a thirsty life where I'm always chasing stuff. So what they would do is they would dig a hole on the side of the mountain. I've been to a whole bunch of them in Israel and you, it's like a hole, maybe it's this big and down deep, you grab a ladder and you grab a shovel and you grab the fellows and brother, you just start digging and start digging and start digging and it's work and you got to plaster it and you got to put water in it and then it's going to leak and you got to figure out where the leak's coming from because cisterns just leak and you got to figure that out and then you've got to figure out how to get the water in there and you come up with these elaborate channels so that when the water, the, the rain comes down that they run through these things and they'll go right into the hole and now you're going to have fresh water and so you can use it and so here's the thing, I just want to say this. Some of you are still struggling with Lust because you've never done the work. Like you've never, you, you keep thinking that, that, that if you just sit around long enough that this thing's just going to change. And if you sit around and listen to enough stuff, and, and that's helpful. It's super helpful. But I just want to say this to you, man. Some of you in here, I don't care if you're single or you're married. You got to do the work. Well, Matt, what's the work? Well, the work is getting in the word every day. I'm just going to say this in this room with a bunch of men. If you've been following Jesus, if you're brand new, welcome to the club. Stop listening for a second. If you've been a follower for two years and you still don't know how to pray or get in the word regularly, I just want to say to you, come on, man. Like, do the work. Set, set, the, set the alarm clock early. Get time in his word. Get time in prayer. Do the work. 
Some of you right now, you're like, man, I'm just in this. You just don't understand my marriage, dude. I hear this all the time. You just don't understand. It's like lifeless. And like I walk in, it's like freezing cold. And, you know, she just like has no feelings for me or anything. And I'm like, well, bro, tell me what you've been doing for the last five years to make her radiant. Tell me you've been speaking life into her. Tell me that you've had young couples or, or people your own age that are going to feed her and make her beautiful. And tell me about all the things that you've really done. Tell me about the prayers that you've said on your bedside with your knees to the ground saying, man, God, I know that my marriage is not where it wants to be, but I will do whatever it takes because I know what happens when you get a hold of a marriage. Tell me what you've done. But don't stand there and say, well, lust, and I just keep, and my feelings, and, but you've never done the work. Brother, let me just, man, challenge. Do the work, man. Speak to your wife in a way that would make her radiant and beautiful. Pray prayers over her that you don't even know how to pray. Love her. Serve her. Not because you're trying to get a sexual favor later, but because you actually love her and you're trying to deny yourself and serve her. You do that for five years, you do that for four years, and then come back to me and tell me about your love for your wife. Tell me about the relationship that's gone cold. But my, my kind of suspicion is that a lot of people that do that, they just don't want to do the work. And then they run to a new person because she's hot and she's easy. I don't mean that kind of easy, but maybe. <clears throat> and they don't know this is going to be work too. They think it's easy. That's just another thing that two years later is going to be more work than they understand. And you think that this girl that's flirting with a married man's not got more work? Oh boy. She's got more work than you know. Do the work. Some of you right now, you've never, you've never figured out why you're so angry. You've never been to counseling. Can I, can, I, can I be your brother for a second? Bro, go to counseling and do the work. Come to me. I'll help you figure it out. Do the work. Some of you got some stuff underneath. I'm a former abuse kid. You know, you know how, what that causes in me sometimes? You know, I find myself reacting to stuff that I don't even know why. Y'all, I don't even know why I'm reacting that way. I don't know why I'm mad. I don't know why I'm sad. I don't know. And so here's the thing. I've got to go talk to somebody, a close friend or, or a paid counselor, and say, dude, what is going on in me? And when that happens, they tell me some things about my past. It's not that I have to drudge all that thing out. You don't have to drudge all your past out. But you do need to know, why are you acting the way that you're acting? You do need. Some of you have never formed a group of guys where you can talk about something other than sports for longer than five minutes. And I just want to say, bro, do the work, man. Like, has, learn how. You can learn. You're brilliant at how many other things. Learn how to have a conversation with another man for more than five minutes about something that matters. It'll change your life. Do the work. Third thing is this. Fix your eyes. <clears throat> verse, verse, where are we at? Oh, I gotta go. Okay. Fix your eyes. Uh, may her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Um, he says, a, a, loving, a loving doe, a graceful deer. He says this. He says, um, may, you, may, you, may uh, you forever be satisfied in the wife of your youth. And then he just says this. I put the breast one on there because I knew I'd get your attention. Um, may her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be, ever be intoxicated by her love. And I just want to say this. Um, again, single or married. We've got to fix our eyes, man. 
Like our eyes are, are focused on all the wrong stuff right now. And so what he says to this young man, he says, listen, I know what you're in and I know what's around you and I know the patterns, but I need you to fix your eyes towards something way down here that is so beautiful and so powerful that it will cause you to take a path that will actually get here. Does that make sense? Like, I want you to focus, and, and this has so helped me. I want, Matt Reagan, I want to focus on the wife and the family and the impact and everything that God wants to do in me, like satisfied, like, like looking at my 80-year-old wife in a rocking chair next to me, looking at her going, man, my girl is smoking hot. Like, I just love her. I love her. But I'm just telling you, unless I fix on that, when you fix on that, then your path starts to line up because I know where I'm going. But y'all, we're men and we, it's like we need blinders because we're just always like, man, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about, and we're so like trying to fill our needs. And, and I see men at this age, like still trying to impress other men. I'm just, I'm just like, man, that's not, this. What you're fixing your eyes on right now is not going to get you where you want to be, man. I, was, I had this really weird encounter. I'll just close with this. I had this really weird encounter. I was in the Dominican Republic. I was just there this last week. We were doing this church planner thing. Um, <clears throat> saw the guys there. And we kind of joked about it. I told him about this, and this. This is true. You can vouch for me. We met this guy who's like, he's like the most interesting man in the world guy. What's that guy's name? The Dosa Keys guy. You know what I'm saying? This guy wanted to meet us. Um, and he's like the, like the, he's like <clears throat> the, <clears throat> the only counsel, general counsel to the president. He, he um, owns these cigar companies, and, and they're like, I think like top, five of the top ten cigars are from him. How many cigar smokers? You don't want to say it in here. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so he wanted to meet us. We couldn't figure out why, and we go up to his plantation. He just, he's 73 years old. He's figuring out his life, and so he invites a few of us up there to this plantation. We don't know why we're going. We're just up there. But he wants to maybe, he's he clearly not a, kind of a, maybe a believer. <laughs> just, and so he takes us around and he like shows us his whole world. And tells us all the things that he has. And he's 73 and he's walking with swagger and a white hat on. It was pretty sweet. And he got this big old cigar and he's just cruising around. He's like, those are my no joke, like 300 prize winning. They do, they're into cockfighting there. Uh, the roosters were like 200, worth, each rooster was worth like $250,000. I'm like, y'all are in the wrong profession. All of a sudden you're like, really? It's like horses for us. He's walking us through and he's showing us this. He's talking about his businesses. He's got a watch from Putin because they're boys. Not a great guy right now to be boys with. But we're just taking all this in and literally as we got there, Seventh-year-old guy, and he's walking through, and he's just trying to show us his world, and, and then he orders his driver, and his driver goes, and he's like, you got to meet, meet my girlfriend, and we're like, meh, <laughs> you know, and she shows up, and she's 23 years old, pregnant with his sixth kid, brother has everything on planet Earth most men would want. You know what I felt sitting across from that dude? Man, that's sad. You're 73. And you're still chasing tail and getting girls pregnant? They're 23? That girl doesn't, look at you, man. She doesn't want to be with you. You're not, she only wants you, just like everybody else, for what you have. There might not be anybody that actually cares about you for who you are. Fellas, is that what you want? Well, here's the thing. He didn't mean to get there. 
But when you don't fix your eyes on where you're going, you're not going to get where you think you're going to go. This road that some of you are on right now does not get you where you want to be. And I just want to challenge you, fellas. Don't settle. So here's the thing I want to tell you. Guard your path. You guys are going to chat a little bit about this. Guard your path. Um, what was the second one? Do the work and fix your eyes. And can I say this last thing before you do? And walk in a whole lot of grace. Walk in a whole lot of grace. Um, you're going to try this and you're going to fail. How do I know? Because I've been trying and failing for the last 25 years of my life. And he knows where my heart is. And he keeps showing up in power and changing me in ways I didn't think. And he keeps reminding me that his grace is sufficient for me. So if I was some of you in here and where you're at right now is not a good place. It's not good. And I just don't want to say, I get it. I'm warning you, I wouldn't stay there. A man, Jesus loves you. He's got grace for you today. He's got power for you today. Just start today. There's not a better time to start than today. Let me pray for you. Father, thanks for the gift of these men. I just love them. I'm scanning the room, and I can't, I, I, you know, I want coffee with like 40 of them. But Father, I just pray over them. Lord, would you just allow them to no longer be seduced by this, this adulterous woman called lust. She has been running their lives. She has been shaming them. She has been making false promises that never pan out. She has been keeping them up till all hours of the night, she's been making them unable to have normal relationships with other people because they're literally constantly just seen. Even when they see somebody that's, that's pure and clean, from all they're seeing is somebody without clothes on. Like literally, it's shaped and wrecked their whole perspective of humanity. They've made decisions that they never thought they would have made. But Father, today, I just, I just pray that by the power of your spirit, Father, that you would help them just put a stake in the ground and say, okay, look, man, I gotta, I gotta just decide to guard my path. I gotta start paying more attention. Father, I want to go where you wanna take me. God, I, I pray that they would really do the work. Father, what I love about that passage where it starts off with, with a cistern is, it's funny, when you start digging a cistern, it's a supernatural thing. When we dig the cistern, you turn it into a spring. And Father, what I know is that over the years of my life of digging, Father, now there's like this spring inside of me and my marriage. Father, that is a, a, a safe place for other people to come drink. And then Father, ultimately, God, I, I just pray that you would, would really allow every single one of these guys um, Father, just the grace of fixing their eyes on the end. And some of that end is you. So we love you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks, fellas.
Thanks for listening to this week's Bible teaching from Man Challenge at the Blankenbaker campus of Southeast Christian Church. For more information on how to get involved, reach out to us via the email address in our podcast description or find us on social media.